Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. It's February 20th, 2023. We're in episode 112 of the Final Sword Network podcast here. Uh, nine days from March. Um, we just got done with the West Coast swing of the PGA Tour. I'm going to Florida. Um, spring is getting closer and closer, except we're supposed to have another ice storm here in Grand Rapids. Boo. Um, yeah, college basketball is, we're down to the last few, um, regular season games. I think next Monday, um, some conference tournaments are actually starting for the, some of the smaller conferences. So we're close to one and done time. Uh, we love that. Um, we're going to go to the podium per usual. I'm going to start. I'll make it quick because, uh, Dad, you got a, a really good um, podium. Um, but first I'll go, um, and I'm going to talk briefly about the dunk contest. Um, we talked about how it was dying. Also, Regan was dying. Mac McClung single-handedly saved this the dunk contest. Shaq said it. I think Kenny said it. I think Chuck said it. Um, they, he did. He it was finally a good dunk contest. The last two or three have been terrible. They used to be pretty good. We'd watch all the time. I didn't watch any of it. Um, caught the highlights and was very impressed. McClung, 6'2", white guy, wins it. Um, did some crazy dunks. Did like a 720 almost. Revert. It was insane. If you haven't seen the video, go look it up. Um, pretty unbelievable display of athleticism. Then the other guys did really well too. Um, Jericho Sims, um, Ken, Kenny Murray Jr., um, and then, or Martin Jr., and then I can't remember what the other one was. Um, but really good. Um, he single-handedly saved it. Now it's back on the map, and we expect more next year. Hopefully he'll be back in it. Um, but the All-Star weekend is not dead, aside from, I mean, the three-point contest I heard was pretty good. Um, but the the All-Star game last night I heard was a joke. So hopefully the Saturday portion is at least saved, and then you can just deal with the other stuff, um, the shenanigans that goes with that. Um, but that's all I got to say. Let's go to go to yours, Andy. Here, um, you got a great one, and I hope you guys enjoy um, what he's got to say here. All right, thanks, Ryan, for my podium. Um, you know, my heart's still heavy, and it's a lot on my mind still with what happened at Michigan State last week. Um, you know, we were on the day after it happened and talking about it, and certainly more has come to light. And one thing in particular that I really wanted to talk about, and that struck me, was. How it's always Coach Tom Izzo who's the one who who steps up for Michigan State and who represents in just an amazing way. And what I think really tipped me over here was a TikTok video by a young Michigan State student um, named Marcy Creevy who was in the union, and you know she described kind of her harrowing experience, and and she took to social media to do that because of what she heard Coach Izzo say. So. I want to welcome on the podcast, who's been a guest before, um, one of my really good buddies from Michigan State, Steve Polanowski. He played for Judd. He was a captain, played for Izzo. 
And specifically, I kind of posed this question to, to Steve or Polo, as we call him the other day. Um, and I wanted to welcome him on to the podcast to, to talk about. So, Steve, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Andy. I, I appreciate you having me. So, Polo, as a former player, a team captain for Izzo, uh, a parent of a soon-to-be college basketball player, give me your perspective on not Izzo the, as much the, the coach, but Izzo the man, the parent, the school ambassador, and, and what he said the other night. How did that resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, going to what you said earlier, it's, um, you know, our hearts are heavy. Our green hearts are super heavy this week. And, um, you know, even just saying that, like, we can still feel it in our bodies. Um, so, yeah, it's been a tough week, but it's been also an impressive week just to see um, not just Michigan State and, you know, former alone like you and I rallying, but just the Big Ten rallying, the state of Michigan rallying. I sit in Chicago and just ran into a buddy who was at Western yesterday, and, you know, they're rallying at the hockey game over the weekend in Kalamazoo. And so, you know, you always hope there's good that comes out of very bad, and um, I think we're seeing a lot of that. But to answer your question, Andy, yeah, I mean, I've I've known Coach Izzo since, you know, I was a sophomore in high school. And um, I think, you know, the guy is he's an incredible person. Um, he's the best coach I've had. But I've always looked at him as, you know, especially being a parent of, of three boys, I've always looked at him as, especially, you know, after leaving the program and getting into the real world and having a family. Um, he's he's probably one of the best developers of young men um, in the country, um, if you really look at it. And it's not just the guys that are going through um, from a basketball standpoint, but it's the people that he is shaping. And, and, I'm, and I'm fortunate to be one of them. And you know, I still have a very good relationship with Coach Izzo, and especially when our boys were young, every time I'd see him, you know, call it once a year, I would ask him the question, you know, what what do you recommend that we do, my wife Marianne and I, to raise our boys? And, um, you know, he just always had such great advice, and just listening to him this week, so much of that advice comes out where he's saying, you know, put your phone down, introduce yourself to the person next to you. Um, these are things that he has just always preached. And it's amazing how the relevance of what he talked about 30 years ago is as relevant as it ever has been. And I think for me, one of the most powerful things that he's ever planted with me, um, and it's the same as what my mom says too, is use your platform to help others. And I think a lot of people just don't think they have a platform, but especially in today's day and age, we all have a platform and we need to use it. And a lot of times it's just introducing yourself to the person next to you. Um, it's not necessarily being on the big stage like Coach Izzo is every night. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm struck by that too. Just the, you know, he's he's one of us, right? Like he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's, you know, makes more money than I'll ever make in my life. But at the end of the day, he's a father, he's an ambassador, he loves Michigan State. I mean, and he's often the face of the school when things are good, bad, or otherwise. And, uh, you know, just I 
as a as a bystander have such an appreciation so it's great to hear perspective of somebody who's known him for so long i mean well over half of your life obviously that that you've known him and and been able to connect with him so was there anything in particular minus the connecting with other people or was there anything else that he said that night that kind of both went yep i kind of would have expected him to do that but anything else that maybe just really kind of stuck with you more than anything else well, I mean, those two things were big because they were his two biggest messages. I think, though, the bigger thing is, like, you know, so many of us watched that night. I didn't see what the script was going to be. Um, but when he got up there, I'm like, of, co- of course Coach Izzo is the final speaker, right? Because it's not that he seeks that out. It's just he feels he has this responsibility um, to do what he can. And he doesn't really care if he's the basketball coach of Michigan State. That's not what he's up there representing. He's up there to what you brought up to start with, and that is he represents Michigan State University broadly. He represents the state of Michigan. Um, And he takes a lot of pride in that. And I think when there is adversity and this is one of the biggest things he always preaches when there's adversity you got to lean into it and i think this last week you know there's not any bigger adversity than this this is where coach Izzo thrives but on the flip side i watch him up there i watch him give that speech i watch him do the pieces for the michigan michigan state game last night and you can see he wears his heart on his sleeve. I mean, he just, he looks so tired and so worn down from this, but it's because it's as real to him as it is for any of us. And that's the authenticity and genuineness of him. Like he's, he's the real deal. Yeah. I think that's, that's my takeaway too, is it's never anything, but what you see is, is what you get, whether, you know, and a lot of people will say, oh, well, it's him grabbing a player's arm or it's him chewing on a ref or about the, you know, whatever that's in the basketball moment. Like, you know, let's put that aside the, the 40 minutes, just like last night, the, or the, you know, the other night, the Michigan state Michigan game was a 40 minute battle. And, and I'll tip my hat to, to Michigan. Cause you, you know, Polo, as I said, in our group chat, I was hopeful, but a little wary that all these things were going to happen in Ann Arbor because we, we know what usually happens, but I'll tip my hat and give credit where it's due because it was very, authentic and real and sincere from them as well. And I, I really think that's because of despite the the enemy battle lines that are always drawn between the two schools, the great respect that there 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 is for Coach Izzo. And um, I appreciate you coming on and kind of giving your perspective. Yeah, absolutely, Andy. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thanks. Really appreciate that perspective from uh, my good friend, longtime friend, Steve Polonowski, a.k.a. Polo. Um, great insights uh, from a player, from a parent, lots of different perspectives, so many things to uncover um, with the tragedy that happened at Michigan State and and to continue to uncover. But I guess the bottom line for my podium is thank goodness for Izzo. You know, it's, it's men like him, it's role models like him, it's authority figures like him that are, are what's right about society and we don't have enough of, in my opinion, we don't have enough of people like him that are willing to step out of where maybe even he's comfortable or or his his go zone, his knowledge zone, and really just 
represent humankind. Um, and I guess that's what my podium this week is all about is as much as I kind of get after things in society and for the mess that things are in society, um, is I'm reminded when we have great people like Coach Izzo step up to the mic and deliver meaningful, impactful, memorable challenges for all of us to take forward. All right, so it went a little bit longer than usual on the podium, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed that with a little special guest who hasn't been on in a little bit. Always appreciate Polo joining the podcast. So on a more lighthearted or kind of whatever moment in sports, um, this week's Tee Up. We're going to tee up anybody and everybody who complained about what was supposed to be a personal joke that some really good photographer just happened to get a close-up image of. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Tiger Woods, JT, uh, Justin Thomas's exchange in the fairway, I believe, of the first round uh, of the, um, shoot, what was the name of the, why am I, Genesis, <laughs> Genesis sorry, that tournament's had different names over the years, at Riviera, great tournament, um, and the two of them, pranksters, play jokes on each other all the time, they've been buddies for a long time, they do this stuff all the time, and if you missed it, if you don't know what we're talking about, Tiger, the old man, approaching my age, outdrove the youngster or the younger JT. And as a joke, as they're known to do between the two of them, especially walking down the fairway, clothes kind of handed, handed him a tampon. Hilarious, if you ask me. But of course, in today's woke society, we're butthurt that, oh my gosh, that's anti-feminist and blah, 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 blah. Like, come on, people. A joke is a joke. If you're offended or if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I might be offended and not like your jokes, but you don't see me taking to social media. You don't see me forcing Tiger Woods to make an apology. And I guess that's probably my even bigger thing is, all right, so Tiger probably knew better, knew that he'd get called out for it. He didn't owe anybody an apology. People, this is what's wrong with people. Nobody can take a joke. Everybody takes everything seriously. And are you kidding? Like in in a world we live in, as Polo talked about in the you know the Michigan State thing that we talked about last week and this week and all that kind of stuff that goes on, we're gonna really overreact to something as yes, childless and immature, but yes, equally funny. And oh, by the way, it wasn't like it was an all women being mad about it. I saw female golfers on TikTok that thought it was hilarious. I think most people in general thought it was funny and. Um, my buddy Chris, who's always want, wanted to do, sent me a very funny 2005 clip of some sort of a match that had Tiger Woods, Fred Funk, and um, Annika Sornstam. Is that? Yeah, that's her name, right? Mm-hmm. And she outdrove Fred Funk, and they, she and Tiger made him put on a women's skirt and play the rest of the hole that way. Nobody was offended in 2005 when that happened. Arguably, that was even more offensive, quote, to these woke people. Why is it offensive now? So the tee-up is to people who get all butthurt because not everything's perfect in the way they want it. Grow up. If you don't like it, that's okay. That's your right. It's your prerogative. It's a joke. Ignore it and move on. Tiger, I thought you failed by giving an apology because you don't owe anybody an apology for having a sense of humor. All right. Um, let's get to the nitty gritty. Uh, we'll start with college hoops. Um, 
particularly the Big Ten. Um, it's a freaking roller coaster. Yeah, Purdue, Purdue swoon hit early. Hopefully, for their fans' sake, early that they don't do it in early in March. They lost three out of four, and then they kind of got right against Ohio State, who's super dinged up and is just having a train wreck of a season. I mean, they've got talent. They just are, they're just lost. Um, you know, and Purdue kind of throttled them. But I think that really teams have found the recipe. And it, it's something Michigan State didn't quite do the first time it played against Purdue, and that's let, let Edie get what he's going to get. Don't let anybody else get theirs. Michigan State failed that test because they let Lawyer get his the first time they played him. But that's how Northwestern beat him. Um, that's how Indiana beat him. It can be done. There's a blueprint. And speaking of Northwestern, they are one game out of the Big Ten lead. That's they insane. throttled Iowa last night. Uh, they beat Indiana last week. I think they've won five or six in a five row. In a row. Um, they swept Indiana. They swept Wisconsin. They beat Purdue. They beat they beat Michigan State on the road. They beat Illinois. Um, all of a sudden, you got to pay attention that Northwestern could maybe sneak up as high as a five seed. And who, like, what world do we live in where that happens? It's great the connectedness and and Polo. You know, obviously, who you heard in my. My open, he and I, before that, unrecorded, we're talking about hoops in general, as I like to do with a former Spartan basketball player. And he was just saying, because he's from Chicago, you know, what the atmosphere is like there. And he was at the Pitt game when Northwestern was down a 20 ball to Pitt in the first half. Now, Pitt's a decent team towards the top of the ACC, but everybody's like, oh, yeah, man, Chris Collins is going to lose his job. He might be legit coach of the year now. I think um, so. They've, they've got a, a backcourt, like, he said it too, Ryan. It was interesting. He said, Boo Booey is a finishing A.J. Hogard. Like, he does some crazy dumb you-know-what, and you're like, what are you doing? But the difference is is he makes more plays at key junctures of games than A.J. sometimes tends to do. And, and A.J. can still grow into that a, a little bit more. And um, But I just thought that was kind of an interesting perspective. And you've got a great backcourt, and you've got a bunch of guys that just fit together, and they look like they're having fun and they're connected on the court on both ends. And, hey, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm rooting for them. I, I hope Northwestern does well. I'd like Michigan State to get another shot at them in the Big Ten tournament, but, hey, I'm here for it. Yeah, good for Northwestern. Um, just tough, gritty, gritty bunch, um, playing really well. Indiana's playing pretty well aside from the, the mess up against – Northwestern, I mean, beat Illinois the other day. Yeah, they're right um, there, ten and six, playing really know, well. Solo third place right now. Trace has just been phenomenal this season. Big Ten Player of the Year. Yeah, he's got my yeah, vote. I, mean, I don't get the vote, but he's got my vote. He's it's hard to argue. Uh, I mean, obviously, E has been very dominant, but Trace, I mean, he's averaging in conference play like twenty five points, fifteen rebounds a game, and steals and assists and blocks. Handling the ball, doing everything. He, he, all he does can't do is shoot jump shots. He does everything else. Yeah, and he doesn't need to, and he still gets a twenty burger every game. I mean, yeah, he's, he's he's been great. Indiana's moving on up. I think maybe as high as they could earn as high as a four seed potentially. Yeah. Um, you know, going down the pecking order, no particular order. This the order on this app I think is a little out of whack based on who's beaten who. But you got Iowa, Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan, all at nine and seven. 
Um, you've got Illinois and Michigan State, a half game behind that at eight and seven each. Michigan State, who knows if they're going to make up that Minnesota they're game. They're talking about doing next Thursday. Okay, so I looked at it, and Minnesota and Rutgers play next Thursday. They, they, they would have to move to Tuesday, to Tuesday. Yeah, in order to get the game in. I, I hope they do it. I know it's not the most ideal for Rutgers, but they, I think they're uh, I'm hoping okay that they'll, I'm hoping that they'll be a party to it. Um, I just, look, for as awful as what happened in Michigan State, from a basketball perspective, it would be terrible for them to miss the closest thing to a sure win in the Big Ten this year because nobody's a sure win in the Big Ten this year, except for now maybe Ohio State too. But Michigan State will have otherwise not played them at all. Um, and other teams played and, them twice. And other teams played them twice. You know, that's an unfortunate thing. Um, you know, Minnesota, they're 1-13. Yeah, they play tough games. They, they play teams close for quite a while, and then they kind of run out of gas at the end. Uh, but... I do hope that they can make that up, even though that means Michigan State's got five games yet in two weeks, which is it's a stretch going into March. But you know what? It is what it is. It's go time, right? Like, and and it's not so much that they need that win to get in the tournament. I don't think. Um, but you know, you can always ten being ten and ten in the Big Ten is a, is a great magic number to get to, and that certainly would help. Because Michigan State's also also looking at going to Nebraska, who's suddenly seven playing and ten very well. and playing Pulled really well. Got. Beat Maryland the other day. I mean, they're dinged up and hurt, and they've been on a roll lately. Uh, Michigan State's at Iowa, which has always been a harder place for Michigan State to play, albeit at noon on Saturday, which is kind of an odd time. So uh, we'll see. And then um, they close out with Ohio State. That should be that should be a win the way things are going. But you know, can't count, can't count on anything. So. Um, you know, Wisconsin took another tough one at home. I can't remember them losing so many games yeah, at, at the Kohl Center, especially. Is that uh, the atmosphere it used to be, I feel like? I, I know. Every game I've watched, it seems kind of dead. You know, Penn State's scrapping and clawing. They're 16-11. They're 7-9. and nine. They're making a little bit of a late run. Can they finish strong and maybe squeak in and get the Big Ten 10 teams? Because I think Wisconsin's on the outside looking in right now. Um, Ohio State's just been abysmal for a while. It's It's kind of... It's unfortunate to see, but I, I think it's one of those things where maybe they shut down Zed Key with his shoulder. Maybe they just kind of limp their way along, um, you know, and just kind of get themselves right for next year. Because I, I don't think they're far off talent-wise. I just think mm-hmm. they're, they're just not very connected this year for whatever reason. Um, Maryland struggling away from Maryland. They're great at home. Um, they and Indiana and one other team only have one home loss. I can't remember who the third one is. Maybe it might even be Purdue. For that matter, um, they struggled. They lost to Nebraska, which you know that's that's not a sure win anymore either. And that used to be as close as you could get to a sure win. So I th- it's just super interesting because there's a lot. I mean, even really from the two seed, potentially, you know, there's seven teams, six teams, seven teams that are two games out of the two seed. So um, obviously tiebreaker scenarios come in and stuff, but it's going to be a super interesting stretch run here. Uh, Michigan finally has to go away from home. They play three of their last four away. Um, Against good teams. And speaking of Michigan, I will make my piece. I will say I was 1,000% skeptical that any of the stuff that they had planned to support Michigan State publicly for the Michigan State-Michigan basketball this past weekend was real and authentic and transparent. I'm sorry, Michigan fans, you could be mad at me, whatever. You don't have a track record. Your coach doesn't have that track record. Harbaugh doesn't have that track record. Your AD doesn't have that track record. Your program and your people, for the most part, not everybody, but don't have that track record. And it's funny because <laughs> talk about a funny way to judge it. Chris, longtime listener, never time caller, um, 
he said, you know, what would be key for me is can they play, will they play, not can they, will they play Michigan State's alma mater, which they did after the moment of silence, in key. And sure enough, they did. And it sounded spot on, just like the Spartan Brass was playing it. And it's kind of funny that we would say that, but that's like the easiest way to kind of get a jab at somebody is to play their fight song out of key or whatever. And everything they said they were going to do, they did. Um, do I think Juwan still came across as a little bit scripted and forced in their little vignettes during the game broadcast on Fox? Yeah, but I think he's just kind of that way, right? That's just that's just who he is. He's from the south um, side of Chicago. Yeah. You know, so hats off to Michigan. I, I thought that they really came together and showed solidarity, and there was a lot of emotion in that game and a lot of fight. And shockingly, Dickinson behaved himself, minus the three at the very end when he went back to kind of his old roots. And, and I honestly thought he struggled early because he couldn't be the AWOD that he usually mm-hmm. is. You know, he couldn't. That's what fires him up. He did well in general. And, and he didn't until he kind of hit that big three. And don't let the score fool you if you only saw the score. That was Michigan State's game, and and they just kind of ran into a wall. Some of that Michigan's defense. Ryan, you made a great point that when Jet Howard got hurt for Michigan, that actually probably helped them from a togetherness standpoint. You know, Buffkin, GR Kid made a miraculous double clutch three that really kind of took all the final wind out of Michigan State's sails, and Michigan State just couldn't finish down the stretch and, and couldn't score. A lot of emotion in the game. You know, no Joey's been playing great. Um, and I thought Michigan State really acquitted themselves well. They played really well after a tough week. Yeah, were the players directly impacted? You know, no, they weren't. But still, you know, it's tough. You know, they might have known people. Steven Izzo was right there at the union to pick up his girlfriend right around the time that that happened. And, you know, it's just it, it was a tough week. Um, it was handled extremely well with grace uh, by by the school, by the both programs, Tough loss for Michigan State because it's a game I, I really think that they had in the bag and they just they couldn't quite get over the hump. But um, let's talk about, speaking of Michigan, we're, we're going to go from the give them praise to we're going to go to the what are you thinking. And this happened, I think, might have been during our podcast last week. Podcast, it was just after yeah. our podcast last week when, number one, Jet Howard is wearing a free Juwan T-shirt, which his dad didn't claim to know that he was wearing. Yeah, um, right. How right? I don't know. And what does that even mean? He was suspended for four games for punching somebody on national TV, free him from what? But worse than that was a day after the Michigan State thing. You want to talk about tone deaf. Dickinson comes comes into the arena in a ski mask and then is firing finger guns into the crowd during the first half as he's talking trash. Like, how tone deaf, stupid, ignorant, whatever can you be? Like, where where's the adult in the room to get that guy right? And the fact is, he's almost twenty three. He's almost Ryan's age, and he doesn't have the wherewithal to know. Like, don't behave like that. And this isn't the WWE. You're a college athlete, and it's no wonder you're not in the in the NBA. Um, you know, I I was more emotional about a pot shot against that because of their behavior until I kind of saw them do things the right way on Saturday. But just like that's the kind of antics that make people like me wonder if what they're going to do is authentic and real because it doesn't show through otherwise. So, no. um, interesting. I don't know, Ryan, any other, I've kind of hogged the mic here. Any other big takes you have on the big 10 from last week? No, not, not in particular. Um, Maryland, I think's a team that could be dangerous in March. They do play some defense. Um, and Jameer Young's a nice player. They have veterans on the wings um, Reese, when he said that foul trouble is a nice player. Yeah, he's a really um, nice player. 
tough. Terrence Shannon's hurt. Hopefully that's not a long-term thing for Illinois, um, which I think it might be. What, did we ever hear what happened with McConnell? He was kind of a late scratch, no. right, the other day? Then, no, I've been, I can look it up, actually. Right now. I was going to look that up earlier, and I forgot about Then in just regular basketball at large, you had Kansas, who was getting absolutely thumped at home, and they turn around and just, like, absolutely turn the skids on Baylor and thump them back. Look, hey, Big 12 is primed to give us our third straight He's national champion. Play. Right now. He's hers back. Hmm, well, that's not good. Uh, Big 12 is primed to give us our third straight national champion the way that they're playing. That league is deep. That league is tough. It's dangerous. You know, I think the ACC may have an outlier or two at the top of their leagues crumbling. Virginia is probably really the best team there. The Big 10, don't know. Does Purdue have what it takes? You know, the way the Big 10 is officiated. Can anybody else kind of rise up? Could Michigan State make a run? I think a lot of it's going to come down to matchups in the tournament for sure. Um, you know, UCLA, Arizona are right up there. I think the you know the NCAA released kind of their first four lines right of the tournament mm-hmm. bracket. A couple of somewhat surprises in there, maybe in the two and three seed lines. But I think uh, I think in general, it's the the four one seeds are going to be pretty cut and dry, and then everything else is up in the air. Um, yeah, it's just kind of. It's, it's going to be a wild and, and woolly finish here. Uh, and she's conference tournaments play already starts probably as early as next, late, next Monday, weekend, right? Next Monday yeah. is when the first round start. For the smaller schools. So that's that's going to be crazy. That is going to be crazy. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, all right. Um, Go March Madness. What was that? Go March Madness. Yeah, do you want to do bracketology? Yeah. Okay, um, we can do that. Um, spot two, um, let's do it. Uh, well, one seeds. I mean, I, I'm the same as the committee here. Purdue, Kansas, Bama, Houston. I think those are the clear cut four best teams. I think UCLA could slide up there, but as Mick Cronin says, they're not getting the credit because they're leaving for the Big Ten. That's what he says, and I'm like, huh. eh, I don't know if that has anything to do with that. I, I don't think so. I, I think. Pac-12's always had the problem this is, is that they play late at night conference. and nobody watches and there's routinely there's like three teams there's three really doing. good teams every year and then there's a team or two that maybe sneaks in on a Pac-12 tournament run and it's not deep like the Big Ten and and Mick if you were in the Big Ten you probably would be a number one seed probably over Purdue to be honest so I don't I don't buy that um, way to knock your conference before you join it and the Big Ten being in the Big Ten will help you because more people will watch when the Big Ten teams are playing late at night on the West Coast, and more teams will certainly see UCLA and USC and any other teams that maybe eventually join when they're coming east and they play in the Midwest. It's 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 going to benefit you for sure, which is why your schools are joining. So uh, for me, yeah, I'm going to go Houston, Bama, Purdue, and I think Kansas. Um, I think... Kansas will probably get that spot. I mean, they had a little bit of a midseason swoon, but they're a very talented team. It would you know they've got to be one of the favorites, maybe to, to you know obviously to repeat. So um, beyond that, you know, I like to look at the top forty offense, top twenty two defense, and Ken yeah, Palm. Um, this week, Houston, UCLA, Bama, Purdue, UConn still falls into that category. Kansas, St. Mary still falls in that category, and Creighton, who is still and been and remains and will be. My um, dark sleeper dark horse team that's probably going to be in that four to six range seed wise that can definitely make some noise because they've got size, they've got good guards, they've got experience, they've got depth. 
Um, and if they're healthy, watch out. So I think it'll be interesting, you know, again, if you don't follow the podcast all the time, the reason I say top 40 offense, top 22 defense, and Ken Palm, the champion, has had both a combination of those two things, uh, maybe among others, but especially uh, those two things in the last 20 or 21 tournament champions. So Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Um want to go through um, our Big Ten seeds for the week. Um, I, Ohio State, obviously, they have no chance. Um, we both know that. What do you what do you think Michigan State after you know losing on Saturday not playing Wednesday where do you see them falling um, right if if you know in the next couple weeks what, what you, I mean you gotta think that they definitely they've already beat Nebraska once that they can beat Nebraska as, yep. as well as Nebraska's playing if they get that Minnesota game that's two that gets them to ten and seven obviously this is out of order yep you know Indiana's not going to be easy it's at home it's going to be kind of emotional all over again because the first game at home since the whole incident on campus um, Indiana does not play very well on the road that would be a really big win if Michigan State can I don't necessarily expect them to win I definitely think they can win. Um, but if they can get that, and then Ohio State, Iowa, I just I don't ever count on a win at Iowa. No. Every one of Michigan State's last five games winnable. Is, is winnable. They're winnable. I think it de- kind of depends on which AJ shows up. Can Joey continue on the track he's on? Can Michigan State rebound better? You know, I mean, if they can get four and one, that's what twenty and eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even just say go one and one in the tournament, that's 21 and 12. Yeah, I mean, that's about I, what they were last I year. I think they could be as high as a six. I think their ceiling is probably a six. I think their floor is maybe a nine or a 10. Um, you know, if they were to go like three yeah. and two down the stretch in an early out in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I agree. But, you know, if Hall can play the way he did against Michigan and Hauser continues to play really well, which he has been. You know, and Tyson doesn't take his foot off the gas, and Hogard stops making stupid plays. And maybe Michigan State plays a little bit more Kohler and a little bit less Mahdi. You, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think Michigan State could be. They play good enough defense. They didn't the other night per se. Gave up a lot of points, but um, they play good enough defense to stay in games. So yeah, I'm going to say a six is their ceiling and a ten is their. Well, what do you think they're going to fall? Is I'll put them right in the middle. I think they're. I think probably they're going to be in that seven eight range. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would hope. I think seven, seven more than I eight. think seven. Is yeah. what, what the I, I think they've got the strength of schedule. It's like number two or number three. They got good quad one wins. Um, you know, they played a brutal schedule early. They've played one of the harder Big Ten schedules because they're going to get virtually the whole top of the league twice. Yeah, minus Northwestern. So, um, but Purdue. Who, the heck, who the heck knew that they were going to be at the top of the yeah, league? Yeah, no with. kidding. Purdue. We both said one. Illinois. Now, I've, I've kind of changed my outlook on Illinois. I think we both had them as a five last week. I they're think, dropping. I think they're going to be more of like a seven, maybe even eight. I, I think they're too inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, you, their best version is like a four seed. Their worst version is a ten seed. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. I, That's the problem. The Big Ten is loaded with teams that are kind of in that five to ten or eleven range. And so Very they happy. can't take all those spots, obviously, because it'll be spread around. So... Somebody's going to be lower than you expect. I mean, is Illinois maybe one of those on on the border of last four in? I no. don't think so, but you don't know. I mean, maybe. I, yeah, I'm going to say they're probably feeling more like a, a seven to me right now, I would yeah, say. That's what I'm thinking. Wisconsin, I have them in my uh, first four out. I had them there last week. They went one and one. 
Yeah, I think they're in the second four out. I, I just they're only four games above five hundred. Yeah. I don't know who they have left off the top of my head in their schedule. They have had Michigan one of them. I think Iowa. But that doesn't afford them a home. great huge win. I mean, it would be a bigger win for Michigan, honestly, than it would be for Wisconsin. Yeah, Indiana. Um, I have them as a four. I think that's where they're going to end up. I really do. Yeah, I think Indiana's a nice team. I, th- I think they're they've rounded together nicely. Um, I could agree with a four for them. Uh, Rutgers um, dropping in my eyes. Um, injured McConnell's hurt. without yeah. Maywat, whatever Mag. Um, yep. Their defense has gotten worse. Their offense is just not hasn't it's been, been great a all year. Anyway, yeah, we had them as a seven last week. I think both of us did. I have them as an eight now. Um, they got Michigan on Thursday at home, which I mean, probably be a pretty good game. But McConnell's out. So hopefully for Rutgers, uh, Jets out. So then that, a, that cancels each other out. Cancels out. Yeah, right now I think I'd put Rutgers at a nine. Yeah, they kind of fallen on hard times lately. Um, Iowa, you've had them. I've had them as an eight the whole time. I think that's where they're still going to end up. But it'll be a dangerous eight seed because they can score. Um, yeah, they can't play a lick of defense. And, and Sanford's not shooting. I, just, you know, they're just not shooting. They, they got run by well. Northwestern yesterday and. And Frank Kano probably could have got nine technicals before he got run in that game. So, yeah. I don't know. Either way, they're not going to make it out of the first weekend because they never oh, do. Never do. I, I'll put. I'll buy Iowa's. Like we'll call them a nine. All right. Minnesota obviously not in. Nope. Uh, Maryland. You had them as an eight last week. I had them as an um, eight last week. So I, I think they're going to turn out to be about a seven. Um, they have some good wins. Um, they're playing well. Um, that's where I think they're going to fall. I really do. Yeah, I I think I could see them even as high as a six, but I'll put them at a seven right now. North we'll probably have like nine seven seeds right now. North, North, Northwestern. Um, I had them as a nine last week. You had them as a nine. I have moved Northwestern all the way up to a six seed. Did they get ranked this week? They're ranked twenty first. All right, I was gonna say they deserve to be ranked. I I would agree with that. I think a six seed, and I think they could get as high as a five. Do I still think they could get a nine? Yeah, but I mean they're. They're a lock. They're playing well. They are, don't cut, talk about them on the bubble. They are a lock. With the Big yep. Ten wins they have and as good as the conference yeah. is. They're over 20 wins. Yeah. Uh, Penn State, I had them as next four out. Uh, they had a pretty good week. I, I've moved them into my last four in. Um, I'll put them at first four out. I, but think, I, th- I think that they it's it's going to be really on how they finish and how they do in the Big Ten tournament. If they can you know, have a winning record down the stretch, maybe get to the semis of the Big Ten tournament, I think they have a very good chance of getting in. Um, if not, they're going to have to... If 500 has historically been the magic number in the Big Ten, they only need two more wins, oh, three more wins to get there. Yeah, they got to the, go three and two down the stretch. I think they're seven and ten, right? No. Yes, they're seven and nine right now. Seven and nine, so they got to go three and one down the stretch to be able to get that. Um, I think then we start talking. I, right now, I'll put them in my first four out. All right. Uh, Nebraska... Not in. No, but, but maybe the on. NIT. Yeah, NIT. No. But we'll join the Michigan Wolverines in the NIT, who, are, who moved up a little bit, but still, I, I think they're about 10 spots out. They have no quality win. Their best mm-hmm. win is North, at Northwestern after Northwestern played five games in 10 days. Um, right. They have a quad four home loss. Um, the and, they, and they still have to, I mean, they go to Rutgers, they play home against Wisconsin, who's not. Uh, an easy team to play. They play at Illinois, at Indiana to finish. So, um, plus the Big Ten tournament, they'd probably need to make some noise in Chicago if they want to have a chance um, to 
in the tournament. You never know. Last year we thought they were going to be out or last four in, and they weren't even that. Um, yeah. So you never know. All right. Uh, you got a word from our uh, lovely sponsor? Yeah, before we go to, I guess, spot three, because we're in basketball season and it's technically third down, but... Quick word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders. Thank you for re-upping your presenting sponsorship, by the way. Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Spot three, uh, we got a Mount Rushmore. We got a Canadian Mount Rushmore oh, this week. This, this is a Mana Mount Rushmore request. This is courtesy of the behavior of one Hunter Dickinson uh, last week. The most unsportsmanlike sports moments in history. Mm. Well, I'll tell you one: the malice at the palace. Are we are we going to combine to make? Let's combine to make one. Yeah, we can combine. I would agree with that. Or I mean, we can differ if we have a different one, but. We can then debate whether it belongs or not. Malice at the Palace, 100%. I remember watching that when that happened live in a Weston and on Mich- Lake Michigan Boulevard in Chicago. There yeah. for birth- Kristen's birthday weekend. It was, it was bad. It was bad. That's probably the number one most unsportsmanlike thing. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, I got one for you. It's not going to be on any top ten list you're going to look at. This is for Red Wings fans especially. The Claude oh, Lemieux gonna, cheap shot on Chris yeah, Draper. Yeah, uh, which led to one of the too. most epic brawls in NHL history between uh, the Red Wings and Avalanche. That was dirty, dangerous, complete unsportsmanlike. And it led to the most epic headhunting payback ever in sports, I think. Yeah. The way with, I mean, you had goalies going at it. You had Shanahan just absolutely left his feet and decked somebody. That was, it was epic. It was epic, but it was a is epically a cheap shot against Draper. That's for sure. Yeah. What about Tyson biting an ear off? Tyson biting Vander Holyfield's ear off. Got to be up there. I mean, like, <laughs> what? What even what goes through your mind? on so many drugs to think that. It's I mean, ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's funny, this won't make my final four, but like a honorable mention is, you know, and Mom pointed out, uh, you Bobby. know, Bobby Knight throwing the chair in the Purdue game, three technicals in a row. I mean, you had a lot of things like like that that are unsportsmanlike, but in the grand scheme of things, like, okay, that's whatever. The other big one for me um, was Jeff Galuli taking an iron pipe to Nancy Kerrigan yep, in the Olympic trials. Yeah, I was going to I mean, talk about, like, that was truly to get his lady, Tanya Harding, into the Olympics. And it happened in Detroit as well. That was at, I think it was at Cobo Hall, actually. Maybe Joe Lewis. Um, Olympic trials, just egregious, bad. You look up lists, and there's a lot of different things on the list. But, like, those are the four that probably stand out to me the most. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, there's a lot of jackasses or president asses up there just like the canadian mount rushmore in sports it happens all the time you know there's another spitting one, incidents uh, sucker punches yeah another honorable mention the bite in the soccer game the swat louis swat i think it might have been the world cup i can't remember where the guy bit the guy's leg there's the girl that you, she was kind of a viral sensation was notorious for yanking girls down in soccer by their ponytails like 
there's a lot of people like that that are just devilish and rude and you know I mean what's his name for Oregon when he decked the Boise State player and then we had a yep. player punching incident like that that stuff happens a lot those were some of the bigger ones but oh uh, Marcus Smart when he punched the fan yeah just crazy. There's some dumb. And the, the other there. day, the the Alabama State cheerleader that kicked a player in the head or tried to. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that was all over TikTok. That was it's crazy. Just like not, there's just there's just crazy, dumb, stupid it's not people normal out behavior. there. No, um, and there's always going to be unsportsmanlike behavior, and it's always going to be something for us to talk about. But our list: Malice at the Palace, Claude Lemieux, Tyson Earbiting, Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, Jeff Gooley. Uh, Situation. Those are those are poor, four pretty dang good standout. I completely agree. <laughs> issues. All right, moving to to uh, fourth golf. spot. We'll go golf, and I, I pose a question to you, Ryan. So there, there was an article last week. Chris shared this with me, and, and maybe been. I haven't seen a ton about it, but you know, maybe starting some rumor mill that Brooks Kepka, who, if you're watching Full Swing, if you're not oh, watching. You um, shouldn't watch it. It's if great. you're a golf fan, watch it. It's a great. It's it's, it's really good and insightful. Um, it, but he was in episode what two, two, I think, right? And just kind of is what he is. He's brooding and he's kind of like he was going through injuries. And it was at the time that he was making the move to the live tour. And you know, I think he he's clearly realizing now he has buyer's remorse. Let's put it that way. He. He went when he was hurt, and he wasn't able to compete, and now he's kind of regretting it. And the rumor is, is that he's had some talks with Monaghan, the you know the commissioner of the PGA, and that he would welcome welcome him back. So Chris's question is, would would you is that would that number one is that good or bad if if players start to want to defect back to the to the PGA Tour, and what would you do? Would you allow it? I'd make him beg for mercy. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'd. I'd say that. It depends on who. The, I mean, Brooks. I mean, if you watch that, I mean, you know, he's in general, he's just kind of a. He's kind of aloof. Angry, doesn't love golf. He's just plays person. it as a job. Whatever. He's not very personable. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how to. If it were me, I would say, yeah, I'll let him. I mean, if it's. You know, like a Phil. No, I, I don't, Brooks didn't really have anything bad to say about the PGA Tour. He no, just, he didn't flame him. Going he's kind of he made a money, decision you know. that he thought was and, good for him. Ian Poulter he didn't like the BGA Tour. Sergio didn't like the BGA Tour. Phil, Phil those guys like the, yeah. stay away. Stay the outspoken away. ones, I think. Here's what, like Lee a West guy like Brooks. Guys that didn't really leave, like Shrek, didn't leave with you know guns blazing, and they didn't burn the bridge on the way out. I think you sit them down, you have a conversation, and you just say, look. Yep, you can come back, but if you leave again, it's a lifetime ban. There's no waffling, and if you come back, you're going to have to sit out two or three tournaments. I mean, I think there's got to be some some penalty for them sitting out or for for bolting. Um, I don't think they have to be majors, but you know, I, I and honestly, I think most guys would probably appreciate it because that's one of the things that you hear these guys say. They made the decision to do is they wanted to play less golf and make more money. The, Dustin Johnson, like, would I let him come back in the PGA Tour? Yeah, absolutely. I think he never said anything bad either, and he even said it in full swing. Like, I left because I am getting older and I could make twice the money for half the golf. Um, but he still wants to win majors. He still wants to compete, and he didn't go out guns hot. Like, I, I think the guns hot people, I just think you say, sorry, you're, you're out. Or you ban them for a year to come back, or they're probationary 
in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I think Bill, Phil burned the bridge, raped the women, burned the children at the stake. I mean, I think he did everything possible to never, ever be able to repair what he did, which is too bad because he was always one of my favorites. I think there's a handful of other guys that kind of fall into his category, maybe not quite that bad. But I'm also going to say this. Ryan, you mentioned it the other day. The PGA is a little bit more enjoyable without a lot of those guys. It is. Guys. There's no like, bad people. Not all of them, but without 80% of those guys, the PGA is more likable. Are there as many stars week to week? Maybe not, but, I mean, you have John Rahm. You have Scotty Scheffler. You have Morikawa. You have Max Homa. You, I mean, you got plenty of guys that are playing great golf week in and week out. There's plenty of young talent. You know, Rory's still good. JT, Jordan, like there's there's a lot of guys to carry the PGA, and they don't need, you know, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson. They don't need those guys. Dustin Johnson, even. I mean, I'll tell you, half the I I forgot until I read something today about a couple new players joining Thomas Peters, who's number thirty four in the world, which by the way is the fourth highest ranked live player now, thirty fourth in the world. Yeah, that tells us something. Guys are- like, like I don't miss any of those guys. I didn't. I didn't dislike guys like um, Tequila Boy, uh, Abraham Answer. There's guys like that. Cam Smith. I was disappointed went there, but I don't even think about those guys anymore. You know, that's is that what you wanted? Like, I'm sorry, but being on the CW, the Crotchety Women's Network, or whatever that stands for, is not going to help your brand. Um, no. I just, yeah. You know, so to answer your question, Chris, I don't. I I think it's kind of. The PGA would view it as good that guys are having a little bit of buyer's remorse because it's kind of like the I told you so. I think the PGA's answer to some of what the Live did with the elevated tournaments and stuff has been good. Maybe it had to be reactionary, but better late than never. Um, and if a guy wants to come back, I think with some stipulations, I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, I can see that. Depending on who it is. The, the, the more outspoken the guy, the bigger the penalty to come back. Yeah. And honestly, I just don't care if a lot of those guys don't even come back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk Genesis. Rom is the bar none best golfer in the world. Man, he didn't even have his best stuff, and he still won by multiple strokes. I mean, yeah, this I mean, guy is on a tear, a tiger like five tear. wins in in his last nine tournaments. Nothing worse. Three than wins this place. calendar year so far. It's like Scotty last year when Scotty went on a run about this time of fire. the year. Um, and, and his worst golf is better than most golfers, you know. And, and it wasn't, you know, Homa made kind of a, a faux pas that we would all make, trying to make a hero shot at a time that he didn't. If he had just taken his medicine, he probably would have ended up okay, although the next whole round drained some hugely long birdie yeah, putt. And, and that right. kind of, that was really what put it over the edge more than the one hole. But um, great tournament to watch. Love that golf course. Man, yeah, if there's a golf course I could play, it's... it's like Tiger said, it, there's no room to get longer. There's no room to trick it up. It's it is what it is, and it's just a good, tough course. It's a tight course. It's a historic course. Um, I really like that tournament. I I think I think it's really well put on. It's great that it's Tiger's tournament now. Um, and Tiger played pretty good decent. To, good yeah. to see him play. And he well. said, you know, he said he's feeling pretty good. Love to hear that from the from the big cat. Um, Probably only played well. the majors in 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 that tournament, and that's okay. Um, you know, it'd be great to see him compete one more time, maybe get one more win somewhere. Uh, I don't know if it's possible. His body's so beat up yeah, between his back I mean, and his knees and his leg and whatever. But, um, but, yeah, fun to see him compete, and it just drives the crowd out there. And, um, yeah, great tournament. Now they flip to Florida this weekend. 
Honda this, Classic down at PGA National. This weekend is hurting from the fact that the last two weeks were uh, elevated. elevated events because I just looked to see who I was going to take this not weekend. A, not a huge, hardly anybody. This field's usually not great, though. True, I mean, true. it's kind of just the, you know, the switch over. The week before away. the Arnold Palmer. And yeah, the, before two big ones in a row. But I mean, still, Honda, I mean, PGA National's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, Straka came back and won it. It was a, nice, a good tournament. Um, NBC's back covering until the Masters now. Um, so we get a How did we do last week? I had Homa, who finished you second. Had, Homa finished second, but Scott was 65th. Hey. So you got 67 points to, or, um, combined. I had 39 combined. Morikawa was T6, um, and then Taylor, I think, was T33. Oh, he made a nice little comeback because yeah, he, he was, was down. He was not playing well, but that brings us to this week at Honda. I'm picking... Two guys, um, one Straka to repeat. Um, I don't know why. Just there's not that many huge names, and he played well last year and has experience. So I'm going with him. And then JT Poston. Um, he's, his that. odds are pretty decent. Probably oh. he was plus 4,400. I'm going to go with the big Aussie Cam Davis right. and Kramer Hickok. Hickok played pretty well last week, I think He was, was playing with Tiger, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's why maybe he didn't play well. He's just playing with Tiger. But, but Tiger finished, you know, in the mid-40s, so yeah. Kramer Hickok was probably around there. So, yeah, those would be my two guys this week. They're not like they're not guys that I'm going to miss later in the season. for. Taking. No, exactly. That's kind of why I went with Poston and Straka. They're not huge. I mean, he could have gone with a Horschel, who's probably the odds on him and him, but I already picked him, I guess. So. Yeah, I did too, so. Great. That's uh, you got anything else golf wise? Hopefully, we can get out in March. I don't know if Michigan, if Mother Nature will let us, but I really hope so. I mean, you're obviously getting out in March, going down to yeah, going down to Orlando. Orlando. Um, but yeah, let's do a sprint, I guess. Um, here we go. This is kind of building off that. Golf question that we you kind of just mentioned. What do you think Tiger's only going to play majors moving forward, or do you think that he'll you know mix in some other tournaments here and there, um, like he did with the Genesis? I mean, he uh, Amanda, what's her name now? Renner Bublionis Renner. She asked him the question, and you know he's like, you know, I just I my it's hard for me to get ready. I I plan on the four majors in this tournament. You know, maybe something like the Memorial, but that's kind of close to the U.S. Open, and it's really between the PGA and the U.S. Open. So, I I don't necessarily see. I can't see it unless there's some tournament that he just makes. You know, some more special appearance. Maybe something that he won a lot. You know, maybe it's a a place that he's won a lot or whatever that's near and dear to him. Maybe as kind of a semi farewell tour. But hey, I'll take it if he plays five times a year. Um, you know, and, and he can make cuts and give us something to watch during the majors. Uh, you know, I think that would be good. How about yeah, you? Yeah, I think there's pretty good rumors going around that he might play in the players. I don't know if he will this year, but I think I, I think for sure, obviously, you said majors. I think he'll throw in one or two other ones, though, five or six a year, um, just because his body's so broken down. But that's good good for golf when he's playing in things, um, draws crowds, people tune in. Um, so we'd like that. Um, basketball question. Do you think any Big Ten coaches will get canned at the end of the season? Oh, um, that's a good question. Um, who is really struggling? That's, uh, I can't, 
No, because I think Minnesota, you know, they're a struggle, but I think they knew that was a rebuild and they're still a couple years away. So I think if they don't want to be in perpetual rebuild, they, they're going to have to stick with Ben Johnson. Um, I would have said Northwestern at the beginning of the year, Chris yep. Collins, not anymore. I think Greg Gard's safe. They're struggling a little bit, but they're a little bit in. Well, Holtman. Re- no, I think he's safe. I mean, they've been to the tournament every year except for this year, and he's got good talent. It just, it's not, just not coming together for him. I think there's more of a risk of coaches leaving, like he a Shrewsbury or, or maybe a Holtman or you know somebody like that. I could see that happening. I don't, but I don't see anybody getting fired this cycle. You know, maybe if Michigan crashes to earth, I could probably more so than they would fire. I could see Howard leaving. Um, I just don't think he's that good of a college coach, to be honest. I think he'd be fine as an NBA coach. He probably would be successful as an NBA coach. Um, I just don't know that he's. You take Martelli off his bench, and I don't know what he is as a coach. So yeah, I I agree with that. I'm gonna say no um, as well. Who's the most improved team in the Big Ten? I know you're. I know what you're gonna say. Bought Northwestern. Yeah, I, easy. I'll, I'll I'll go different. Nebraska. I think they've improved a lot. Um, I was expecting Hoiberg to get fired, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I could buy that. Nebraska's, they've done a really nice, you don't give them credit because they're only 7-10 in the league. but 500 I mean, overall. Yeah, they, they've done a nice job with a very injured and patchwork team for sure. 14 I, I, new faces on that team this year, I think. That's crazy. Um, all right, last one. Best Gatorade flavor. Oh, man, best Gatorade flavor. We didn't have all that fancy stuff when I was young. It was lemon, lime, and orange. And that, was, that was all you had. Honestly, I haven't had a Gatorade in a hot minute. I'm going to go with, I think it's electric blue with the blue one. Uh, there's there's cool blue, or f- which is the darker, and then there's frost glacier frost freeze. Gr- the, frost glacier yeah, freeze. Yeah, that's my favorite yeah. one. That's frost glacier freeze. That's a good, you can mix that with um, a little vodka, and it's pretty good, too. Hydrate while you get or, drunk. Or freeze it. Um, you can do that and have a little popsicle, too. I've done that before. It's good. How about a vodka popsicle? Yeah, you can do that, too. Nice. Um, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. That's 112. Uh, let us know if you have any topics you want us to discuss. Do a Mount Rushmore, Canadian Mount Rushmore. Um, mailbag. Mailbag, you name it. Um, what, we'll uh, be on the lookout. We'll obviously announce it here in the coming weeks, but we're going to do another bracket. Um bracket uh pool um you know with a buy-in and then uh, a winner and whatnot so be on the be on the listen for that but we appreciate you guys listening uh couldn't do it without you guys um thank you yeah we will uh, catch you next week i had to i had to remember that i forgot to get a quote and i always close this thing with a quote so this one isn't necessarily tied to anything but i thought it was a pretty good quote so Meantime, as Ernie Banks, the great Mr. Cub, used to or once said, the only way to prove you are a good sport is to lose. Chew on that for a minute.